0: Welcome to this special mini-series with author, keeper of arcane lore, and producer Harlan Guthrie.
1: Yes, Arthur.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. Author. Keep going. Joining Harlan are the players. Bridget Jeffries as Walt. Scott Dorward as Albert. Nick Rosenberg as Cecilia and I am Corbin Cup playing Teddy. Now, many of you are familiar with Harlan's work, but if you're not, I just want to put in a plug for two amazing shows. First is Malevolent, which exists in the same world as this miniseries. It's cosmic horror. It's absolutely terrifying, and it's all created by one person, which is going to seem incredible once you listen. This is an audio drama, but there's no narrator. It's fully produced with sound effects like listening to a movie, and frankly, one of the best audio dramas of all time. You'd have to check it out.
2: Do you not understand that these things carry a heavy toll? Nothing is free.
0: Look, I'm just trying to get through this.
2: Well then, let's get on with it.
0: Go to www.malevolentca or search Malevolent on any podcast app. Another one-man show that Harlan created is Divisor. This is a short limited series in seven parts. It's dark space horror, like Event Horizon. It's a very weird and gory exploration of the terrors of AI. And that's at www.divisor.ca or on your favorite podcast app.
2: I believe you have succeeded.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Ain't Slayed Nobody proudly presents this Call of Cthulhu actual play, The Waking Children with Harlan Guthrie.
2: You're standing in the middle of the street, as the setting sun lowers behind a three-story building. You stand in a group of people, all unmoving, each staring up toward the sky. Each of you were on your way to an evening locale, perhaps heading home from work, maybe coming back from the grocery store. Some may have been leaving a dinner engagement, and you were each struck first by the forming crowd after a moment of curious uncertainty, you each followed the eyeline of a member of the crowd to the rooftop, three stories up, where an old man stands, dangerously close to the edge. The man wears a plain gray suit, his eyes are squinted in the setting sun, and his balding head sports hair much like a halo. The policeman stands on the street, out in front of the crowd. Sir, please come down from there. shouts you hear over the wind the man's voice frail and weak and yet it cuts through the crowd as it hushes there is stillness to the air up here he welcomed me when others made me feel alone far from home a world apart from where I roamed I, I see you all he looks down at the crowd To each of you, it feels like. No God, no love. No life, no fear. No heart, no throat, no child. No ears. To where I tore my eyes to see. The woken man is leading me. He steps off the roof and falls to his death. Everyone takes 1d4 sanity damage. Oh, wow. That's a good start.
3: (laughs) Right out the gate. Right out the gate, huh? Good game, everyone. (laughs) All right.
2: Sunday, December 9th, 7 p.m. The cold December winds have traveled down along the east coast and swept into the cracked and crumbling streets of Arkham. The once energetic city now sits huddled and scared, trying desperately to combat the darkness on its doorstep. The days are short, the nights long and devoid of life. Like cockroaches, the vagrants of the street hide in shadowy corners, and the sewer systems which sit like catacombs beneath the splitting stone sidewalk. However, against the long dark you stand convinced in one way or another that there is more to the sinister shadows that lurk in the sky high above you. Something unspoken, unknown, lingers in the darkest parts of the world, and you are keen to find out what it is. After witnessing the death of an elderly man, you're each pulled into the police station to give your witness statements. The large crowd shuffles into Arkham Police Precinct 110, which looks to be operating on a skeleton crew. There seems to be one police officer assigned to interviewing the witnesses in small groups of five or six. And by the time 6.30 rolls around, you're half expecting to be here for the rest of the night. Eventually, the other officers, the front desk woman, and the other witnesses all leave, hoping to beat the storm. Only you and the police officer are left alone at the frigid precinct. Walt, who are we looking at?
3: The name Walt has given to the police is Jeremiah White. This is a tall, lean, African-American man, probably somewhere around 6'2", 6'3", well-built, mid-30s. He has that smile that he wears on his face that just immediately lets you know that he's your friend and that he can help you and that he can get you through trying times and that he's got your back. He just has one of those demeanors that's... Well, I guess the word swag may not have existed in 1920s, but that's the application <laughs> that I am going to put uh, on Mr. Jeremiah White at this particular time. He is wearing a uh, three-piece pinstripe suit that was probably owned by his father, given the fact that, one, is dated. Two, you can see the patchwork where holes have been sewn together or adjustments have been made, and even still, it's probably a size or two big on him. But he carries it like... It's a brand new, freshly tailored suit, hot off of the uh, sewing machine. So he's there. And unless he's being forced to sit down, he's probably leaning against the wall closest to the exit of this particular room. And just kind of looking over the police officer, checking his pocket watch and looking at everyone else in the room. Anytime someone makes eye contact with him, he smiles.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The uh, police officer introduces themselves as John Preston and asks all of you sort of a series of questions. And after you, Jeremiah, he turns to the person next. Cecilia, who are we looking at?
4: Cecilia Hammond is a 35-year-old nurse. She is... Pretty average height, probably about 5'5". She has long auburn hair that is twisted up into a neat bun. She was coming back from her shift at the hospital, so she is in her crisp whites, you know, the 1920s nurse apron that I am (laughs) pulling from media only. I have no idea of the historical accuracy. Um, Oh,
2: it's accurate, I'm sure.
4: Amazing. Uh, She's removed her little hat, though, Um, but she sits there. She kind of exudes this quiet, calm. She gives off this air of of just steadiness, which serves her well in, you know, in a hospital. And I think that she is also kind of looking around, trying to give a smile, trying to look around and and see if anyone seems like they are unsettled or rattled and and just calm them, if not through words or gestures, then just through Meaningful eye contact and and gentle smiles.
2: Yeah. In fact, you notice sort of two of the other people in your group of four, the last four who have been questioned. One of them looks particularly rattled. Who are we looking at, Teddy?
0: Teddy's quite anxious. Uh, He's the local florist and uh, his name's Teddy Bloom. So of course he owns Bloom's Blossoms.
2: (laughs) You're that Teddy Bloom. That's
0: so cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he inherited the business from his parents, and he's a portly man about average height. He has curly brown hair and uh, has an easygoing smile, but right now he he certainly is kind of like clenched teeth, nervous, fidgeting in his chair. He has these round wire-framed glasses, and he's still dressed for his floral work. He has a stained apron on, long sleeve button-up shirt, dark trousers, and... He was actually running an errand to the library and then going back to the flower shop when this all happened. But um, yeah, he uh, he's kind of giving nervous smiles to everyone. And when he sees Walt take out the pocket watch, he kind of pulls his out too, just kind of mirroring what other people in the room are doing. But he's, he's very
2: anxious. And finally, uh, we see the last of the four that have been questioned by this police officer who... You know, the questions are standard, more kind than you'd expect, sympathetic for the horrors you've just witnessed. Uh, And we see this person. Who are we looking at finally, Albert?
1: So Albert Bruckner is in his early 30s he's fairly average looking in terms of build and he's not particularly good looking but he's not particularly ugly either he just looks unremarkable he's got slicked back hair he's wearing a an off the peg suit that fits him fairly well and he looks good in but you can tell that it's cheap and he's wearing a, a fairly Cheap again, off the off the peg shirt and a tie that's slightly loosened. He's been fidgeting with his hat since he got in, and though you can tell that he's trying to look relaxed, at the same time, if you're any good at reading people, you can see that he's perhaps a bit ill at ease about the idea of being in a police station. He's also been sitting there eating mints over and over again which anyone who's sitting next to him realizes is probably meant to disguise the smell of booze that's wafting off him he's carrying a a little leather case with him that doesn't quite look like a briefcase it's a bit chunkier than that and when he put it down you could hear things rattling in it
3: Hmm.
2: perfect the police officer rounds out the questions, kind of nods to each of you. Well, again, thank you. I apologize for all this uh, this sort of circumstances that have befallen you this evening. I hope you have a good night. You're welcome to go at any point. Um, we have no further information about the uh, deceased at this time. If you do have any questions, you can follow up tomorrow. But uh, And as he's talking, kind of as he's rounding down and, and you're eyeing the door, it swings open. And you see sort of a a startled man takes about five steps in, and as he's walking in, he's muttering to himself. You can't quite pick out exactly what he says from the wind that's gusting outside and the flakes that float in with him. And then he locks eyes with the policeman who stands sort of just before you in the waiting area. And very loudly, he just proclaims, Oh! And his eyes sort of drift over the empty precinct. And then on each of you, and he turns around and leaves. Well then, uh, okay, the police officer sort of says and chuckles to himself. I hope you have a a nice night, the the four of you. And he walks through the little partition to the back and starts to busy himself with a large, tall stack of police reports.
1: Guess the night's only going to get better from here. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Oh, you're welcome. I think Teddy's going to try to kind of see where that guy went who came into the room. He gives like a look to everyone else sitting in the room and then kind of walks out.
2: And Yeah, you, you sort of walk down the hallway to see the front door of the precinct swinging. And as you exit onto the street, uh, you see there's sort of this man sitting maybe about 15 feet from the door next to a small little park bathed in yellow lamplight, the flakes kind of falling quickly behind him. He's breathing into his hands with, like, a plume of, you know, steam rising out from them, and he looks nervous, continually mumbling to himself, as if he's almost in debate.
4: I think Cecilia may have mistaken Teddy's kind of quicker exit as either nervousness or just, like, you know, some sort of distress, and so I think she'll follow him out to see if she can offer any,
0: any comfort.
2: Yeah, I imagine Teddy sort of stops at the door, and you almost bump into him as you walk out to the street.
0: Oh uh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, no, that was that was my fault. I shouldn't have been blocking the doorway like that. Uh y- yeah, I'm just uh y- you know that guy who came in?
2: Uh, oh. He's he's just kind of sitting out here. Is he still just talking to himself? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give me a psychology role?
4: <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to spend a little bit of luck here and make that a hard success.
2: Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. You sort of study this man's features. he's His forehead's sweating. He, 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 There's a few things that you draw from him. One, he seems extremely tired, like overtired, like he's been up all night. And secondly, it's very clear, kind of based on, you know, Teddy and you standing there watching, this man is debating with himself. He's continued looking at the the precinct and then looking down and then actually looking, like, down the street as if he's sort of being, like, should I go in there? Should I just leave? And he's even so far as like standing up a little bit and sitting back down. Meanwhile, back inside, Jeremiah and Albert, the two of you are sort of awkwardly sitting still, maybe looking at each other.
1: Albert's getting up and just sorting out his case and his overcoat and so on, ready to head out. I I, I guess we're free to go, right? Uh, I, I, I don't know, I... Gonna be all right if we just leave, right?
3: And he's looking at you as you're speaking, and he's nodding along with you with this very patient look. He's like, "Yeah, I think we're finished. Come on, let's go." Right. And he's gonna like push open the door and kind of do the gesture. It's like, "Come on."
1: Yeah. Albert looks at you and and gives a nervous grin and says, "I don't know about you, but I need a drink."
3: Then he nods and he smiles. He says, "Are you buying?"
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a there's a speakeasy around the corner. Uh, I, I I know the password.
3: Really, right around the corner. Oh, yeah. I missed that one.
2: Yeah, and the two of you leave. Uh, perhaps they head to the speakeasy that, mm-hmm. you know, all the police uh, <laughs> go to. You <laughs> know one right this one. It's, it's the one next to the cops. <laughs> yes. you know? they, they, it's the best one. It's, 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 it's the one building. they're never going to knock off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the two of you sort of, again, come outside to see Teddy and Cecilia sort of huddle together under a, a street lamp.
0: Teddy just kind of glances back at Walton Walton Albert. Is, is he still here? Yeah, maybe maybe one of you wants to go see if he's okay. He seemed kind of yeah. off.
1: I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. I'll go over to the guy and just say, hey, Are you all right there, pal?
2: He's sort of startled, looks up towards you. He's a tall, again, tired-looking man. He has thinning hair, and he looks to be in his mid-30s. And as he turns up to you, he says, Oh, hello, hi.
1: We saw you on the police station there. Are you all right?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I, uh, uh, and he sort of looks past you to the other three standing under the lamplight. Sorry, I, I, I made a bit of a scene there. I wasn't trying to... Uh, look, this isn't something you need to interest yourself with.
1: Look, it's, it's all right, it's all right. Look, we're we about to go and get a drink. You, you, you look like a man who needs a drink.
2: Yeah, and you see sort of the tension ripple down his shoulders. And with a sigh, he stands up and he's like, well, fuck, I could use a lot more than that.
1: Couldn't we all, pal? Couldn't we all?
2: (laughs) And yeah, he follows the four of you to the speakeasy. uh, The Junction, as you know it as, Albert. It's a small speakeasy that's down a, a tight flight of stairs, makeshift stairs that have only been erected in the past year or so. And as you get to the door... And you rap on the metal, uh, a small little shutter opens. Password. Oh, shit.
1: What was the password? Oh. <laughs> password, password, password. Uh, the, the, the password is Gethsemane,
2: right? It's Yosemite. Ugh. And then it shuts, and the door opens up. Close enough. <laughs> and you move into this small, smoky little speakeasy, you know. Hot Jazz is playing in the deep back, you know. And the four of you walk over to a small table near a roaring fire on this December night. And as. You know the the bartender nods to you, Albert, and uh, this
1: is Albert's meaningful location.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The bartender's like, "Oh, Albert, so glad you're back. It's been a long time, my friend. We've been waiting for you.
0: <laughs> Two days.
2: Uh, nod- <laughs> it's been uh, like four hours." Uh, yeah, he nods to you and and pours you up the usual, and and sort of does the same for your friends. And the four of you tuck into a small table near the fire.
1: Uh, the bourbon they do here is great. You can hardly taste the
2: creosote.
4: I think Cecilia has accepted a drink, but is kind of just like slowly like pushing it away from her <laughs> on the table, just like, okay. Yeah, this
2: man sits down across from you. He introduces himself. Uh, Leonard Grimsby is the name. Um, look, I, I don't know uh, what you...
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm Albert.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe... Maybe I should go back to the cops, but I, I don't know. I got a... I got a prop... And I need help.
4: Is this, um, related to that nasty business earlier?
2: Nasty business earlier? Oh. What nasty business?
4: It's it's nothing. Um, would you be willing to share with us? Maybe we can help.
2: I mean, I don't know why four random people want to help a person like me, but... I suppose because this is a Call of Cthulhu game, you probably want to be open to... <laughs>
4: Cecilia's nose starts bleeding a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? Well, I'm a florist, so you I... You like to- flowers? <laughs> mm.
2: There are 2,000 flowers that I need pruned and, and distributed. I have no way to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, no, He he kind of takes a sip of his drink and you can see again that tension even lowers a little bit and he swallows hard and says look I I work at the Arkham Morgue the last night I was watching the desk during the, the midnight shift the night shift and, uh, well, n- normally I take a few hours to nod off in the back you know they expect it I mean you can't stay up all night sometimes but I woke up because I heard a scream well, but the time I got up I saw someone walking up the stairs into the night and I tried following them. I, I threw on my coat and I ran out after them, but um, I uh, I lost them. And, and when I came back down, I noticed it. One of the bodies was missing, gone from the slab. I, I could have kicked myself. I, I went back to my desk and I panicked for a bit. Like, look, look, I can't lose this job, it's all I have. You gotta understand, like, I'm dying here. He takes a drink of his drink.
4: You think. Someone came in and stole one of the bodies from the morgue.
2: Yeah, right. That's. I mean, that's got to be what happened.
1: I don't. Oh, I don't know. I. I hear stories sometimes about. What do they call it? Catalepsy. Is that it? Where someone. Someone seems to be dead and wake uh, up.
2: I don't know nothing about no cats, but look. I, I, someone came in and stole a stole a body. I'm almost sure. <sighs> Teddy knocks back
0: his whole drink as he was telling the story.
4: Uh, I think if he looks like he needs it, Cecilia will, like, push her
0: drink over to Teddy. Yeah, he's going to nurse that one, but he'll, he'll start working on Cecilia's drink, too.
3: <laughs> and Walt is actually going to lean over where he's, like, cheek-to-cheek cheek facing the opposite direction with Cecilia's
4: like, do you want me to get you something different? Oh, that's so kind. Uh, I'm fine. I think it's probably good for me to keep my head about me. He
3: nods, and then he'll look over to Leonard. It's like, um, well, what's the name of your, your missing corpse?
2: I I I don't know. I didn't I didn't check it. I didn't go in there. Are you kidding? I could if they if they even saw that there were any tampering from me, you know, they would trace it back. I don't know. Maybe I didn't think that far ahead. Fuck. And he like hits the table a little bit.
4: It's okay. It's okay. Mistakes happen all the time. I'm sure that your record with the morgue is wonderful. They wouldn't just let you go over a simple mistake for someone else's crime.
2: I don't know about that. My record there is fine, but Psy, the other desk watchman, he's, he's fucking got it in for me. I swear to God, this guy is doing everything he can to get me fired. Well, if he finds out about this, I'm fucked. And he goes to take a drink of his drink, but it's already empty. Do you
0: think he stole the body to frame you?
2: I don't think he's that smart. I mean, that's a pretty malicious... Well, fuck, I don't know. Maybe, I guess.
0: Who would want to steal a A corpse? uh, Doesn't make
2: any sense. A lot of people do whacked up things to corpses, I guess.
0: That's what you were going to the cops about? You were
2: going to tell them about the missing body? I wanted to, but then what are they going to do? I mean, Cy's working the desk right now. If I come back there with police... You know, Sai's going to know something's up. I mean, immediately, the whole thing gets fucking turned upside down. The people find out what happened, they find out I was sleeping on a job, I wasn't paying attention, and then what am I doing? You know, I'm out on my ass.
0: Well, did you get a good look at the guy who left? Maybe, I mean, Arkham's a pretty small town. I, I'm i the florist, so I know everybody.
2: <sighs> no, not, no, I, no, I, I didn't. And you can kind of see he's, like, debating a little bit internally.
1: Can I try a psychology roll on him just to see whether I think... His story is a Tissue of Lies. Absolutely, yeah, give me a roll. Uh, that's an ordinary success.
2: Yeah, you can tell he's hiding something. He's kind of like dodgy a little bit.
1: I'll put a hand on the back of his hand and just tap it and just say, Look pal, I, I understand. You, you've had a bad night. There's clearly something going on that's got you spooked. But if you're going to ask us to help you, if if you want us to actually be able to help you, you got to tell us everything.
2: Yeah. Give me a charm roll with advantage. Nice.
1: With the bonus dive, that's an ordinary success. Yeah. Amazing.
2: Yeah. He looks at you. And I mean, you know, you were the first one who came up to him. Mm. You were the one who sort of suggested here. You bought him a drink. You've more than charmed your way into this guy's good graces. And moreover, hmm. you kind of get a flick of familiarity behind his eye when you mentioned previous about corpses being alive still hmm. and he sort of turns his eye away from the question when you asked it about you know did you see the person then he looks at you Albert and he says look I didn't see who left but I I got a glimpse of the feet as they were going up the stairs <laughs> and I I think they were barefoot. Hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. Maybe, maybe the sickle came in and took off his fucking shoes before he took something. But I don't know.
1: Look, look, pal. Imagine this. Let's just say, yeah, you, know, you have some kind of medical condition that makes you go into—I I don't know what they call it—trances, deep sleep, whatever. Yeah, you you fall over. The the doctors, they all think you're dead. They take you down to the morgue. They put you down there, put you in some kind of gown or leave you there naked with some kind of tag on your foot. You wake up there in the dark with all those dead people around you. What are you going to do? You're going to do what this guy did, aren't you? You're going to scream and you're going to get the hell out of there. It it all makes sense.
0: Yeah, he's right. It's... It's like the Rose of Jericho. Like, he, you think it's dead, and then it just it starts to blossom again.
2: Uh, oh, like in the Bible?
0: Sure, the Bible. Um,
2: Isn't the Jericho a book in the Bible? I don't know. I'm not religious. Have you... Y- you're a your clergyman, right, uh, Teddy? Uh,
0: kind of. I'm a florist, but you know, we're <laughs> wax philosophical uh, a lot of the time. Uh, I, I actually I write the cards that we put in the bouquets. But anyway, uh, Cecilia, didn't, wasn't it? Didn't you say you have medical training? Um... Is, that, is this possible? I, I,
4: I do, although I think that potentially my access at the hospital might be more relevant here. Um, if someone walked out of a morgue, that doesn't seem like it requires any kind of medical knowledge, um... Is the, is the morgue attached to the hospital?
2: No. It is sort of like, it's in the same vicinity, but it's sort of a separate building with a basement entrance. You've maybe been there when you first joined as like a tour, but it would be pretty weird for you to go in there and you're aware of that too. Oh, okay. You could absolutely still risk it. You could 1000% walk in and be like, I'm a nurse. And that probably would work on the person in the front, but they would probably file it. And if something went wrong, you would be attached to it. So it really just comes down to how Cecilia would feel about that. Like if Cecilia is more of a timid person versus more of a risk taker, I think that would be the answer right there.
4: I don't think that she feels that this is a moment for risk right now, or like to accept risk right now. So, um, you know, I don't actually know that much about catalepsy. Is that what you called it, Albert?
1: What's everyone
2: talking about cats. for?
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm I'm not a medical man. I, uh, like I say, I, I work with a, a, a lot of doctors. I, I, I've seen you at the hospital, haven't I? You, you, you. Um. I go there once a month, see the the administrators there, and make a few sales, but. Uh, <gasps>
4: Of course. I thought you looked familiar. I'm so sorry. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just I've just heard tell of it. Or I don't know. Maybe I've registered in the story by Edgar
2: Allan Poe.
4: Leonard, were you able to get any information? I mean, did you... No,
2: I didn't go back there. And we're not supposed to as desk people, which, I mean, it's going to work to my advantage, you know? Yeah. If, if, as long as Psy doesn't go back there, then, then he's not going to know that something's fucked up. And that's what I need help with. I need, oh. I need you to... F- find this thing and put it back it, it, I mean look I don't have any money or or anything like that um, but I mean I could I could find a way to maybe get you something I I don't know um, my wife's got a, a nice necklace that hasn't been in the family for a few generations I could probably hawk that or give that to one of you
0: Oh what's it made of? Okay <laughs>
2: it's, it's made of this really nice um, uh, cubic zirconium it's like this fancy <laughs> shiny metal
0: all right, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can probably uh, probably help you out a little bit here. Um, how how would we even go about tracking down this body?
1: Shit, I don't know. Ted- Teddy, what we do? What we do is we go back there you, when, when are you next on duty uh,
2: uh, Leonard? Uh, I'm not supposed to be on shift until tomorrow.
1: We go back there when you're on shift and we no, take no, a look No, no, records
2: the, listen it, it's going to open tomorrow it's Sunday right now tomorrow morning the, the more guys are going to be back in there the minute they walk through those doors they're going to see them and Leonard starts like freaking out a little bit
1: then Leonard you got keys? they're behind the desk You tell us exactly what the keys are. Leonard, you're not very good at
2: this. I'm not very good at this? What the Mm. fuck did I do wrong?
0: You're trying to (laughs) figure this out and find the body, but you didn't get the name. You didn't get keys to the morgue. I mean, you're not giving us much to work with here, you know? I couldn't.
4: What a shocking thing to see. And it sounds like you're concerned for your job. And it's so... It is understandable that you wouldn't have, you know, investigated a tremendous amount. Um, I think that you did a completely reasonable thing and... We can help. We can absolutely help you.
2: Yeah. This was a double shift, okay? I started 6 p.m. on the 8th, right to 6 a.m. on the Sunday, and then 6 a.m. on the 9th today to 6 p.m., which is now, because it's like, what, 6.30? I basically ran from the the morgue to the police station, had cold feet, and now we're here, you know?
0: Uh, Speaking of cold feet, this guy's out in bare feet running through the snow? That's... That's not normal behavior.
2: Look, I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see bare feet. I, 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 maybe I'm, maybe I'm loopy with delirium. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. Look, let's
1: let's just try to get some more information on this guy. Maybe if we can figure out who he is, we can work out where he's going. You said this this other guy is going to be on duty now, right?
2: Yeah, and he fucking hates me.
1: Then you you stay away from there. What we can do is. We can get in there and find the records, find out what's happened. As far as the keys are concerned, we we don't always need those.
3: Oh, Walt, who's like arm half over the back of Cecilia's chair, has been leaning off to the side, flirting with some waitress on the other side of the the bar <laughs> for the last like thirty minutes. Like they're making faces at each other. Like he's licking his lips at her. She's like batting her. I like he's having the time of his life. It's not that he's not paying attention because every once in a while he does at least look over to verify, like, "Hey, I am actually here. I'm just also <laughs> over there." Uh, but once the lockpick hits the table, he actually stops and refocuses his full attention here's here it's like we need to get to the morgue and we need to get a name and we've got access so we've got it <laughs> and leonard you're overthinking this situation the corpse just disappeared how long ago
2: um well i don't know it was like um probably around um t- 2 a.m maybe
3: 2 a.m so what are we looking at 14 hours this sounds like a sly problem not a you problem that was his name right your co-worker sly slim what did you call him
2: Sly. Sly Wilson.
3: Sly Wilson, good. So this body disappeared on his shift, so you have nothing to worry about.
2: Well, yeah, I guess, but he was Hey, Leonard, Leonard, sleeping, hey, I mean. this body disappeared on
3: Sly's shift, okay?
2: Okay.
0: This isn't a you problem. Yeah. This is a Sly issue. Yeah,
2: nobody knows you were sleeping, Leonard. I hope so, yeah. Maybe, maybe you got a point, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my fucking problem at all.
1: Yeah, but you see, it still is a problem, because... Let's just say that this guy did wake up in the morgue, like I said, and he panicked and he ran out and he's he's out there naked in the cold. There's someone out there who is potentially frightened and who is going to freeze to death if he hasn't already.
3: Albert, come on. Let's go. Let's go to the morgue. We don't have a lot of time and... Uh... The nights moving forward. Is there
0: an outside entrance to the the back area to the morgue, Leonard?
2: No, there's an entrance through the hospital, but it's locked down at night and uh, on Sundays, I should say, and um, it'd be pretty difficult to try to get through there. Plus, again, unless unless you got a clever idea. Well, look here, and he kind of like sketches out like a really rough layout of the building, and it's like kind of U shaped, and you see that. The entrance staircase, which kind of is like a street-level access, is directly in front of the guard's desk. Mm. You gotta deal with this guy. But look, I mean, well, actually, and he sort of like thinks for a second, and then he and then he kind of dismisses. He's like, ah, maybe not. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. no what really, is it? What is it?
0: Yeah. We need all the info you can give us, Leonard. If we're gonna help you, Leonard, you're you're real good at your job, and I think that you know the more detail you can give us, the more we can kind of get into your shoes as someone who's just Really good at taking care of the morgue and, and and know how to interact with the guards. So, yeah, Teddy, um, give me a give me a roll. No, I rolled a ninety-two. Oh my god! So I have pretty good charm, but yeah. I, I didn't
1: push get it. Better. Push it.
0: Could I push it by um, kind of bringing another glass of bourbon around and, and putting my arm <laughs> around him and, and saying like? Uh, what? <laughs> Leonard, man, it seems like, uh, you know, things Things get real quiet and, and lonely in the in the morgue there. And I think that, um, you know, you help us out. Maybe you get a new set of friends. It seems like uh, our buddy Albert here could be really useful in a pinch.
2: Always, yeah, push it. Are you trying
1: to get information out of him or seduce him?
0: <laughs> well, it's a... It's a it's, D- depends on if it fails. Like, <laughs> it's a gray area, right? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hard success.
2: Amazing, yeah. He sort of looks you up and down and, and like, kind of leans in close for a second. And he's like... Oh, look, Sai is is real hard on his luck, you know. He's trying very hard to make some money after getting out of prison. So he really needs it. He'd probably take a bribe for sure. Oh, yeah,
0: that's good. Does anybody have money? Looking around the table. (laughs) Maybe at Walt specifically. What's my waitress doing?
2: (laughs) So Leonard nods at you and sort of, you know, takes that drink from you, Teddy, and he says, Look, I really, really appreciate this, honestly. I've... I've been struggling a lot lately. I'm just getting back on my feet, and I can't lose this job. So thank you. I don't know why four random people would care about a bum like me, but whatever's in your heart... And he kind of reaches across, and he puts his hand on your hand again, Albert, and he's like, I really do appreciate it. Now I need some fucking sleep. And he stands up, and he's like, and here, you you can call me here. He slides his phone number across, and... uh, Perfect. He heads across the bar and exits out to the cold, snowy night. The Arkham Morgue sits city center in an old building on the corner of Washington and Finch. You pull out in front of... Actually, I guess, are you driving over? Does it matter? I don't really care.
0: Uh, it's a walking city, right? We can walk over.
2: You arrive just down front. You see across the street a diner named the Blue Devil Cafe, still open. The building is wrapped in a wrought iron gate that stretches high and leads into a side street. However, the main entryway is open and offers a clear passage through the Iron Gate. It's snowing. The dark sky overhead hides any light. A chill runs up your spine.
3: Uh, It might be worth checking over at the uh, diner here just to see if anyone saw anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe we could get a slice of pie, uh... (laughs) (laughs) You <laughs> <laughs> spent a long time at the police station, you know? I just, I just no, like plan, planning pie, you know. Planning pie.
2: You need a planning pie.
0: Classic planning pie. I mean, there's four of us. We could get a whole pie and just divvy it up. Right? No?
2: Smash cut to the four of you in the autopsy, just Teddy eating pie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes,
1: this pie dish perched atop a corpse. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Just puts it down. on Yeah rhubarb Mm -hmm. pie on a corpse's chest. Very bad.
0: But yeah, whoever left the morgue could have gone into the diner and tried to get help or or a meal or to get warm up. Breaking into the morgue
1: is going to be difficult with four of us anyway. Oh. What I'd suggest is that maybe two of you go and talk to the, the folks in the diner and get some information and maybe two of us. Is anyone here... I don't know how to phrase this, but um, I
0: get it. I'm heavy set. You think that I'm going to stand out? It's fine, Albert. I'll I'll no, go to the diner. No, no,
1: no, no. What I was going to ask was, who's comfortable getting in places where people might not want you to get in?
3: Oh, you're just asking about breaking and entering, basically, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. No, I have skill sets in that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, Jeremiah. Why? Why don't you and I go and break into a morgue while these two go and shout uh, out the folks in the diner.
3: Albert, I am so sorry. That My total apologies. I'm down from Harlan visiting family for the summer. Uh, my name is actually Walt, and he, you know, he'll extend a hand over actually addressing him by his real name.
1: Walt. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, good to meet you, Walt. Uh, let's, let's break into a morgue.
3: <laughs> break into a morgue. <laughs>
4: Cecilia, Teddy, you two okay? Um, Y'all going to be all right over there? Uh, I, I think so. We're just going to get information from the... F- folks at the diner? Yeah. I think Cecilia is, a, is put a little bit on her back foot just by like, this evening has taken quite a turn.
3: <laughs> it was a Saturday-Sunday. Morgue should have been slow. Shouldn't have been a whole lot of activity coming and going. So if they saw anything on this side of the street, it should stick out to them. And with that glass front, I'm imagining they probably saw a lot.
0: Uh, all right. That's yeah, a good idea. It's not It's not like it's a date or anything. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go see what they know at the diner. Slow head turn towards Teddy. <laughs>
2: The keeper also head turns towards Teddy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's just kind of shuffling his feet in the snow.
4: Cecilia's now very, very aware that she is the only female in this group. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah. um, All right, Teddy, let's go get you some pie.
0: Thank you. Yeah, let's do it. Good luck. We'll kind of keep lookout, too, just on the street for you two.
4: That's
3: a good call, Teddy. Thanks.
2: Yeah, Teddy and Cecilia, you head across the street to the Blue Devil Cafe. You enter and you're greeted with a warm sense of blue plate specials and hot coffee. There's a bouquet of flowers in a vase uh, right at the register, Teddy, that immediately catches your eye.
0: Oh, is it beautiful?
2: No, they're wilting.
0: Oh, no. Um, I'll go over and take a look and, and smell the flowers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they sort of have that sickly-like... You know, like that smell when flowers are starting to rot a little bit, that kind of like, I want to say stinky, but there's got to be a more eloquent word for that, but stinky.
0: We're all saying. <laughs> if there's any staff around, I'm just going to kind of yell out, you really need to change the water okay? Uh, when you keep flowers like this.
2: Like all the you know waitresses and the guy behind cooking and the patrons just all kind of turn to you and there's this awkward silence that just washes over the entire cafe as everyone looks at you, Teddy.
4: He's a florist. Um, <laughs> please forgive him. Um,
2: yeah, and there's like a slow returning to business as everyone continues, and like like even the music stopped. You know, like a record skip for a second.
4: Teddy, Teddy, can I can I talk to you just for a can second? We, can we sidebar for a moment?
0: Um, Cecilia, I just, I, they really should be like trimming off the dead petals and things so they can regrow and be yeah, magnificent.
4: Uh, right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, while we try to get the information that we came here for we can pass
0: that information along as well all right okay I actually brought like a little um, packet of flower food too maybe we can leave it with them yeah that is a great idea
2: you just reach in your pocket and pull out and there's like they're filled with flour packets like sugar packets <laughs> you like sit down you yeah. put one in your coffee like it's a like it's yeah <laughs> <whitener
0: almost. laughs> <laughs>
2: Teddy as you stand there you see this glass like rotating pie platform to showcase all these gorgeous pieces of pie.
0: Jesus Christ, just staring at it. There goes the game. Cecilia, this is a this is a good diner. We, uh, do, we do you want to share a rhubarb pie with me maybe?
4: You know, um <laughs> that that sounds wonderful. Maybe we can ask our questions first and and then we can have the pie. Okay, I
0: thought maybe if we were legitimate customers it would be easier to ask questions, but you know, we'll we'll try your approach first.
4: Surprisingly, that is actually a very good suggestion. All right, let's um let's order some pie and I guess Cecilia will start to look around for like um or she'll sit you'll know, sit down
0: at the counter. Yeah, let's do the counter. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We'll sit at the counter. Yeah, the two of you sit down on the counter and uh, begrudgingly seem to slowly be noticed by one of the waitresses. Meanwhile, Walt and Albert, you're standing out front of the wrought iron gate. The morgue sits just opposite, the snow falling slowly, quietly.
1: Walt, just so we got the right expectations going in there, I really do want to help this guy out. And if there is... Someone wandering around there in the snow and definitely want to help him. At the same time, you've got to understand that breaking in here presents some opportunities, right? I mean, there's got to be, I don't know, personal effects from some of the corpses, wallets, jewellery, stuff like that. I mean, it'd be a shame to let that stuff go to waste.
3: We're not really being fairly compensated, so we're going to have to pick it up from somewhere.
1: Exactly.
3: For sure, yeah, same page, same book.
1: As long as we're on the same page. Albert, I'm here for you. Right, so... We're going to case the fuck out of this place.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He'll dip his hat and head the opposite direction. (laughs) If we're doing exterior recon, he is on it.
2: Yeah, you walk around the wrought iron gate, you find, like, an open entrance, you know, where, like cars would go in and go out they have a night watchman so they're not particularly worried in the morgue i mean to say so yeah you find a pretty easy mode of ingress through the open gate okay
3: do you want to do the whole skullduggery thing or can i just go to the front desk distract the guy pay him and you go and do what you need to do
2: i'm happy
1: talking my way into places i'm not supposed to be to.
3: he tips his hat of respect all right let's go find sly
2: Albert, Walt, you kind of enter into the, you know, like a parking area, which is all dotted in freshly fallen snow. There are no footprints leading in or out of the stairs that seem to descend towards the morgue, and mm, as you see these stone steps that lead down, illuminated by a green, buzzing, flickering lights, you feel an eerie chill in the December air. And you head down? Oh yeah. So you head down the steps and open the large double doors to enter the main hallway of the Arkham Morgue see an older man sitting at the front desk. He sits with a folded newspaper in his hands, licking the tip of his lead pencil every so often and scribbling into the Arkham Gazette.
1: Oh, thank God there's someone here. Look, look! you you, you got to help us. you got to help us. Uh, my, my my, my, Aunt my aunt Dorothy, I, she she got brought in here earlier. She got hit by... I, I, I don't know. We've heard she got hit by a tram, but I, I, I don't know what happened. And, you know, we've we, we just got to see her. We've just got to check that it's her. When the police gave a description that didn't make any sense and they weren't any help to us, and we've we just got to get in there and just check to see... The it's her, right? We got, we got not see that it's her.
2: His eyes don't move from his paper, and you hear him go, "Mm-hmm."
1: <laughs> yeah, look, look, I kn- I know how this works, buddy. I know how this works, and and I'll put put a couple of dollars down on the table.
2: <laughs> okay, so you're like you, you're like trying this first pass. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can roll for that first one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Let's do fast talk. Uh, give me a fast talk roll. If you're offering the money as well, it can be with bonus.
1: Okay, I've, I've already rolled an extreme. Oh, brilliant. So that's zero four 4 on 70.
2: Amazing. Yeah, he never diverts his eyes from the paper. And at first you kind of think it's, like, rude. But then as he leans forward and unhooks a key from the underside of the desk, you kind of start to realize that it might be purposeful. He slaps the key on the top and in one swift motion slides the money back towards him and puts it under. And he just says, five minutes. You got a buddy? And he gets up from his chair and enters a small room to the back, kind of behind the desk, where you would imagine Leonard would have slept. Okay. You know, there's a large glass window directly behind the desk that allows you to kind of see into a smaller room, what Leonard must have looked through when he woke up. But you kind of just see this guy walk back there and chill out. Security
4: is tight at the Arkham Morgue. <laughs> money.
2: Well, that was extreme, and you had you gave him money, and that's equivalent to like seven <laughs> <laughs> thousand like dollars. Two dollars? Whoa, I'm rich, Mister <laughs> Bye. <Yeah>. I quit. <laughs> Cecilia and Teddy, you are sitting in the booth. Teddy, you are halfway through a piece of pie, your second piece of pie, uh, as the waitress is filling up your coffee, Cecilia, once again, and dropping another handful of about seven sugars onto the counter for you, Teddy.
4: Does she have a a name tag? Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. Um, I really appreciate it. My friend here loves pie.
5: (laughs) No problem, sweetheart.
4: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Cecilia. Did you want a fork? You know what? It looks so good. I think. I think yes. I think I would love to have some.
0: Oh God! I'll stop using my hands then. Uh, Jessica, can we get a fork when you have a chance?
2: Jessica like uh, looks, doesn't make eye contact with you, Teddy, but she's like, of course, sweetheart. She like walks <laughs> over and grabs a third fork for the two that your hands are sitting on top of. And, like, your, your, your forearms are just like on the fork that was meant for Cecilia and the fork that was meant for you eating the pie, and she puts a third one between them. C-
0: Cecilia, should you should we ask her? Do you want me to
4: ask her? No, 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 no. Uh, I got it. I've got this. Thanks. Um, uh, I think if Jessica's still kind of hovering. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I'm I'm so sorry to bother you. I I wonder, were you by any chance working here last night? Oh. Early in the morning, actually.
5: My ship's started at six a.m. this morning.
4: Is there any chance that someone who was working around two in the morning is still here? Someone that we could maybe talk to?
5: Oh, unfortunately, no. Uh, Deborah was working the night shift, but she left at uh, two this afternoon.
4: Um,
5: Is there something I can help you with, though? Did you lose something?
4: You know, we are, we're trying to locate somebody um, who was, we think, coming out of the morgue sometime around, um, around 2 a.m., and, you know, we're a little worried about them. Um, they're just wandering around and probably need our help.
5: Coming out of the mug. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that. Uh, Deborah mentioned uh, early morning that she thought she saw someone coming out of the mug as well. She thought it was a She said it was a, a young-looking girl.
4: Oh. Did she say
5: how young? Oh, n- not that young. A uh, 15-year-old, perhaps? round there.
2: And she like leans forward and wipes a spot of pie off of Teddy's cheek.
5: Oh, you, you sweetheart, you just smell like pie and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> a man after my own heart. <laughs> he,
0: he
3: gives. Thank you. <laughs> he
5: gives her a big grin. Um,
0: <laughs> you <Yeah>, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you?
3: Pie and booze. All
0: right. Could we call Deborah by any chance, or um, do you have a phone here at the diner? Well,
5: she's working again at the uh, two a.m. shift. I, I think she's probably sleeping, sweetheart. But I, I promise she didn't reveal that much. She said the young lady walked out of the morgue and looked frightfully chilly. Uh, by the time she got outside to, to see if she was all right, she had, well, up and skedaddled.
4: Huh. Oh, did she say which
0: way down the street she went?
5: Well, east of here, I suppose. But you know Arkham lies east, so. Yeah. Hell, it would take a, a whole day to walk across the city.
0: Yeah, it's a walking city
5: it's a walking city that's right that's what I always say just because I said it earlier that's what I always say I always say do you want to drive and they it's say a no, it's city. a walking city I said, well, I'm not walking all day with these guys. I'm wearing high heels all day and they say
0: well it's a walking city we're gonna walk in the snow yeah. it's a walking city no that's good it's a walking city uh yeah one more thing Jessica uh paper whites. I think if you just got some paper whites in here, they really don't require that much maintenance and and you wouldn't have to Mr. Bloom, I'm going to tell
5: you again, like the five other customers told you, stop talking about flowers, no one cares, <laughs> and put your damn pockets to yourself that's a saying we have around here like a
0: christmas cactus since it's december
5: succulents all right do you know how expensive a christmas cactus is it is what? one whole dollar that's equivalent to seven thousand dollars
0: <laughs> he's gonna take a card for the flower shop out and hand it to her i can give you a really good deal it's important i'll put it with the
2: others she takes the card and puts it in the stack of five others you gave her like they're just like <laughs> all, like over the last 10 minutes she's been giving her like things she's like okay it's great
0: that's good well cecilia we could don't so you think we should tell the others that we're looking for a
5: teenage? Sorry, girl? I can't hear you, dear. You whispering in the oh
4: me or your oh friend? yeah. Jessica, I'm so sorry. Yes, uh. Oh no care. worries.
5: We're <laughs> no no worries. Bye. She walks.
4: Oh oh okay. Bye. Oh sorry.
3: Still,
5: and I... she
2: comes back. Oh, yeah, oh yeah.
3: no no, just um... my favorite NPC ever. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, we we might actually drop back by um, when Deborah is that who you said saw this girl? Deborah. Yes. Yes. Deborah. De- De-
5: yes. Deborah. She, pre- she, pre- she prefers Deborah. <laughs> but uh, yes, she, she'll be working at around two a.m. Oh well, if you're up that late, I mean it's a it's a late night. It's already looking like the storm is going to get worse. She looks outside. It's not like eight o'clock now, and you can see like the snow is falling thick all over the ground. Well, I think. It, but if you want to come back, of course. Uh, how about I leave your number, and I can have her call you.
4: Oh, that would be wonderful. Um, I think I'll. Leave a number for the hospital. No,
5: don't worry about it. I have five cards with your number on it. Amazing. <laughs> like Actually, gestures that's to the staff. Teddy's
0: number, <laughs> and I live there too, so you can call anytime.
5: How how fortunate for you.
0: If you could, um, if, if you could just
4: tell Deborah that any information that she remembers would be helpful. It's just we are afraid that this young girl is confused and alone and in danger, and, and we want to do whatever we can to make sure that she's safe.
5: The bore felt the exact same way. I appreciate that. And you're obviously a kind person. I see that you are. Well, aren't you dastardly chilly out there without a coat? Or are you wearing a coat? I, don't, I didn't ask. <laughs> Is that a coat next to you on the, on the chair? Why, I didn't, I didn't uh, see you. We left yes. our
0: coats at the coat rack up front. Okay.
5: Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <Okay>. Well done.
0: <laughs> She's going to steal that one that's on the chair. Somebody left it behind. Um, you take care of yourself. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. We'll come back after we go dancing. Oh, don't Not worry like about date, it.
2: But. Yeah. And she continues yeah, and okay. busies herself with other customers.
0: <laughs> Teddy That went well. Uh, yeah, it it did. It
4: did. I I think you made quite an impression and that we should go.
0: While it's still like a fresh positive impression?
4: I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Or or before it gets any worse, I suppose.
0: <laughs> well we could yeah. Um I wish we could have tried the peach pie. This was kind of
4: Mediocre. Okay, maybe we can come back for the peach pie. Let's go. Let's get our coats off the coat rack. Yeah,
0: (laughs) off the coat rack, (laughs) specifically. Even after
4: Jessica wipes his face, Teddy somehow has more pie on his face, so so we'll just, like, clean that off for him. Okay, there we go.
0: Well, he kind of ran his finger around the tin. (laughs) Yeah,
2: before they leave. Amazing. Yeah, and the two of you head out into the snowy night. Albert and Walt, you're sort of just about to enter the back, when you see a set of footsteps walking down, at first you sort of tense up, and then you see Teddy and Cecilia sort of joining you uh, from the morgue entrance.
1: Is is that pie
0: all over his face?
1: It Don't, don't worry about it. I think that is. I was trying,
0: it's like deep cover. I was trying to act like a regular customer.
4: We found out that um, there was a waitress there. We didn't speak to her directly, but she said that it was a young girl that walked out early in the morning. Fifteen-year-old girl. Really?
1: Ah, well, that's even worse, isn't it? That's even worse. So uh, if, if there's some kid wandering around there in the cold, who, barefoot? Yeah, we
0: got to find her. Yeah, yeah. I think Leonard's probably going to go to jail. Um, no, uh,
3: like I said, that's a Sly problem, not a Leonard problem. Leonard did say he just saw feet, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And look, look. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the rest of you think here, but. Leonard was the one who came to us with this problem, and yeah, sure, my heart goes out to the guy. No one wants to lose his job, but honestly, it's not him I'm worried about here. If there's some kid who's in trouble, yeah, I'm more interested in helping her than I am in helping Leonard.
4: Yeah. Oh my goodness, she
3: must be terrified. Wow, poor kid. Okay, we've got 20 minutes, so let's go.
2: Well, he said five, but will But it's but, been a but, long. But, five. No, but
3: but what Walt said was twenty.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be yep, sure. no, that, I'm
3: with you. Uh, no. I, I didn't
2: miss... This clarification cool. is
3: beautiful. It's, Walt said twenty. It's
1: five notional minutes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, using the key, you enter the autopsy room. It's just down the hall to the left, very clearly marked. You see, upon entry. A short way forward before it opens to a large, vacant area covered in white ceramic tile. The north wall, to your left, is lined with the metal boxes that house the dead. To the immediate right of you is a plain door that reads Coroner's Office. In this main area, there are bodies draped in white sheets, laying on metal slabs, awaiting a variety of outcomes. In the center of the room, you see a bare slab. Next to it lay a crumpled white sheet piled on the floor, Mm. and behind, and in front, and on either side of the vacant slab, you see puddles of red.
3: Oh my god.
4: Can I go and look at these puddles? Um, I'd like to kind of see, well, first of all, if it's blood, second of all, how congealed the blood might be get kind of a timeline sense here.
2: Absolutely. You walk over to these puddles, Cecilia, and you bend down, and you touch them, maybe very tentatively, just sort of, because they seem odd. And as you touch them, you notice that they're candle wax, hard pools of red wax that have hardened. Hmm. You see sort of the wicks completely hidden within the pools of wax.
4: It's it's candle wax. Yeah. Someone was burning candles in here.
1: Seems like a weird place to have a party.
0: Yeah, they have electric light in here. I don't know why anyone would need to light candles. Uh.
1: Look, look, I mean, yeah, this, this is weird, this is weird, but we're down here to do a job and we've only got five minutes, right? Uh, Cecilia, you must understand how medical records work, right? Yes. Yeah, so if I get you into the coroner's office, you, you, you think you can find out anything about this girl?
4: Um, yes, I think my library use score is high enough to do that. A what? Oh, okay. good. <laughs> well,
1: well, with any luck, my lockpicking skill is good enough to get you in there to use
2: your library use.
0: And my flower arrangement skill could... Uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Teddy, give me a roll with flower bonus. Just add that to your outcome. We call it flower
0: power.
4: Cecilia picks up the, the shiniest, dull, like, unsharpened thing in the room. Teddy, Teddy, look.
2: It's a bedpan.
4: And... <laughs> <just> like... <laughs> Tosses it into a corner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
2: it's, oh, come on, Cecilia. And then he's going to follow the shiny object. <laughs> Squirrel. It's great. Yeah, Albert, why don't you give me a roll to lockpick?
1: I got zero nine under 60, so that's an extreme.
2: Ooh, Damn. Well done. Wow. Hot. That's fantastic. So you swing this bad boy open silently, perfectly. You make no marks and in fact you can relock it with ease like you're like oh yeah i got this and you see this cecilia you see albert do this with the deft and precision of a master locksmith
4: albert uh, what is it what is it that you said that you do
1: uh <laughs> traveling salesman you, you got to understand that yeah you know, sometimes getting your foot in the door isn't enough you got to unlock the door before you get your foot in there <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that string of murders that the traveling salesman had committed <laughs> i think
4: yeah i think cecilia's kind of teasing through like what's metaphor like what's literal and then she just will let herself into the into the office and start looking for a filing cabinet i guess
2: yeah this office is filled with filing cabinets there's a desk there with papers strewn about small desk lamp. You know, this is clearly where the coroner would be. You quickly deduce that this is a Dr. Nolan Evans. You see a, a nameplate on the desk, and uh, yeah, why don't you give me a library use? Meanwhile, Teddy, what are you doing outside?
0: After he realizes that the shiny object wasn't anything relevant, he's going to go back to the table, the empty slab, and um, it just he, he's worried that the team doesn't feel like he's useful right now. So he's going to try to take a closer look at the table and maybe even pull the sheet up and, and see if there are any other clues about the girl.
2: Yeah, give me a spot hidden. Okay. Cecilia, how'd you do?
4: I got a hard success.
3: Well done.
2: Amazing. Yeah, you start rifling through the cabinets and it doesn't take long before your eyes slide onto the actual desk to realize there is still an autopsy report on the desk. Teddy, how did you do?
0: I have an ordinary
2: success. Teddy, you are feeling useless in this party. You're feeling a little bit down, and yet your eyes fall upon a small brown wallet sitting on the floor just under the sheet, unlike any of the other objects in the room, as if it was dropped.
0: Okay. I want to look through that before Walt notices it because I'm worried that they're going to take it after seeing what they're up to.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Teddy, you scoop it up and you flip through it. And you see that this is a wallet that belongs to someone named Eddie Horton. It has their address, 23 Main Street. And uh, it seems by their identification that they're also pretty youthful looking, maybe 15, 16, maybe 17 years old. Okay. The autopsy report reveals that there was a 15-year-old girl named Leanne Paddock from 115 Birchcleft Crescent whose body was found in a bathtub. Her father, Arthur Paddock, was the one who notified. She had brown hair, brown eyes, 95 pounds, 5'11". The marks and wounds section reveals that she had a small birthmark on her upper right thigh, about two to three inches, and it seems like the probable cause of death was suicide. The reports seem to be filled out December ninth. Yeah.
4: Cecilia's probably reading out some of these facts. Um
1: What you Oh You're saying what, this this girl killed herself? What, she cut her wrists, right?
4: It looks that way.
1: Yeah, I mean she had to be alive, though. I mean I mean, maybe maybe she lost enough blood that they just thought she was dead and you're the nurse. You tell me how this works. I mean, you must have seen someone before oh. who you thought was dead who who made a recovery, right?
4: I mean, I've seen patients in comas, but they still have you know a heartbeat. It would be hard to mistake them for actually dead.
1: What was the alternative? She she was dead, and she got better.
2: Walt, you're moving around the room, sort of just looking for spare trinkets here and there. When your eyes fall upon the wall that's sort of against the coroner's office, the wall that's opposite the slab that you see Teddy poking around, the one without a body on it, and you notice, sort of sprayed against the wall, is blood. It's sort of that dark, air-colored, you know, much darker than the bright red of the candle wax. It's very faint, and at first... You wouldn't be surprised if no one else noticed it. But you, with your keen eyes, sort of poking around, trying to make use of everything you see around, very clearly see it against the white ceramic.
3: Hey, Teddy, are you seeing this?
0: Oh, no, I didn't find anything. (laughs) What? Seeing what? Teddy. Seeing what? Teddy, what did you find? Look, well, I I found a wallet. Um, But don't get too excited. I think it's like a... A clue wallet, not like a steel wallet.
3: Does that make sense? It doesn't, but it makes sense to you, and that's what's important. Show me the wallet
0: and look at this wall. Because it was right next to the slab here. So I think whoever was on the table or whoever stole the body dropped the wallet right here next to the slab. It's Eddie Horton. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like a, a young kid. I don't know. What You can do whatever you want with with the wallet, Walt, well, but we got to find this kid and figure out what the fuck happened. Okay. Pardon my language.
3: Hey, uh, nope, I agree with you, Teddy. He is trying to empower Teddy by putting the ball back in his car. Nope, you're right, Teddy. I completely understand that. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah that's a- that was a great find, by the way. It was an <laughs> exceptional find. <laughs> that's the only motivation that works with me, to be honest. So, <laughs> In a, in and out of character. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was good, though, right? Like, I I found nobody else saw it. Yeah. To be
3: honest with you, if only I were half as perceptive as you are, I, I could move mountains. <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, I mean... Do I,
3: you want to check out this wall that I found? Inspired by your finding this?
0: Sure. He's kind of, like, acting like he's going to humor Walt. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we can take a look at the wall. Okay, we're going <laughs> to... It's a good
2: wall.
3: Walt, Walt wants to examine this wall a little bit more. Exactly how much blood we're looking at. Like, is this something that was splashed Yeah, up, Teddy splashed walks down? to the
2: wrong wall. <laughs> of course. And you, like, turn him.
4: Yeah, see? Teddy is fascinating.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: And so, it's so he's a good looking at the grout between the
2: walls and he's like <laughs> hmm. uh yeah uh walt you you take a good long look at this it doesn't take too much to sort of you know you've seen wounds here and there we all have mm-hmm. you know it's not a spray it's a spattering in fact as teddy comes over you're sort of a little bit reaffirmed at your sight to notice this because it It's pretty faint. Um, It's sort of because you were looking at the whole picture, you really Mm -hmm. got a good glance at it. But it seems more or less like just the perhaps spray of a hit, you know? We've all been in brawls here and there. You know, sometimes blood is drawn. You wouldn't be surprised if this came after a a big, heavy punch and a bloody nose type vibe, you know?
3: Okay. Hmm.
2: Meanwhile,. Cecilia Albert, you're still in the room. You kind of give a peruse over everything. There doesn't seem to be anything else of note in this room uh, that jumps out.
1: Albert's not necessarily looking for clues, but he is looking for valuables.
2: I think you open a drawer. You see a like a nice pen. It says to my loving daughter, on the day of my death. I give this, bequeath it to you, please <laughs> never sell this, don't lose it. Uh, if someone's stealing this, you're a jerk. It just says all that in the Okay,
1: pen. that's going in my pocket. <laughs> it's, a,
3: it's,
2: a, it's a big it's pen. A it's really a, big a pen. novelty-sized
4: pen.
1: Really cramped handwriting. <laughs>
2: Oversized pen. <laughs> really, really cramped. No, yeah, you, you find a gorgeous pen, probably a, a, like a gift from school, and um, a few other odds and sods.
1: This being a coroner, there's got to be a bottle of booze hidden around here somewhere as well. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, the bottom drawer, you open it up, you're kicked in the leg with a half bottle of oh. Maker's Mark. If, yeah. That's going in my pocket as well. Perfect.
4: Are you going to take that? Looking at the pen.
1: <laughs> Which has just got into my pocket. <laughs>
4: you're, okay, o- only that we're compounding the number of um, crimes that we're committing here. I wonder if... Um...
1: Yeah, yeah, you see, that's the thing about crimes. You know, if they catch us, they're going to charge us with something anyway. So, I mean, we might as well make the best of it, right? How much do you think we can get for that paperweight?
2: Um, the paperweight is like a picture of a child. It's like a painted rock, and it says, "I love you, mummy."
4: <laughs> it's got fucking uh,
2: googly eyes yeah, on it.
4: It Seems to have more. Yeah,
1: that's going
2: in my pocket too. <laughs> oh,
4: okay. Uh, it, it seems to have more sentimental value than actual, you know. Uh... On the
2: bottom, it's got a date of death. It's like eleven year. old It's like eleven years between the birth and death. It's like mine. Okay. Yeah, so the two of you head out. Walt, Teddy, uh, you're sort of looking at the the blood stain as as the four of you regroup.
0: It's like a spider lily, don't you think, Walt? Uh, I
3: don't know what that is, Teddy, but I'm going to take your word for it.
0: Yeah, like in full blossom, it's just got the red splotches. It's it's kind of beautiful if you step back and look at it.
3: Teddy, are you married?
0: <laughs> I'm not. I've uh, <laughs> I, no. I th- this isn't like a date. Walt. I was just um, admiring the. The spatter here thought it looked kind of interesting. Okay. Okay, maybe we could check up with uh, Cecilia and Albert and see what's going on.
3: (laughs) As they're coming out, he will at least address Albert. Uh, How'd you guys do? Uh,
1: Cecilia found something weird.
4: We have a little more information, but um, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense. Um, The girl's name was Leanne Paddock.
1: It is. is. Her name is. is. Because she got up and walked out of here. There, there, there ain't no was here. Yeah.
4: True, yes. Um, it's just so... It's strange because apparently she committed suicide and her father found her. Oh. And then a series of medical professionals would have had to declare her dead for her to be brought down here.
0: Just a seedling. Maybe there was a home address so we could check in with the father and uh, try to figure out maybe... She went back home? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: we got we, we to... I mean, even if she's not there, her, her father's got to know, right? Maybe some of her favorite places, places she'd hide.
4: That's a good idea.
0: We just have to be really tender with this, so if you want me to take the lead on the conversation, just let me know.
3: Wow, that wasn't uh, where I was going. Hey, uh, you said the girl's name was Paddock? Yes.
0: Yeah, Leanne, Leanne Paddock.
3: That's not the last name on the wallet. Teddy?
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. We found a wallet. Uh, well, I mean, I found it, but we're a team, I, f- I think. So we found uh, Eddie Horton is another uh, like teenage kid. We found his wallet right next to the slab over there near the candle wax. What do we think happened here, by
3: the way? Looking at the wall, it looks like someone took a really nice right hook to the face. Yeah. And he's going to point out to the blood. So I don't know if there was a struggle or how Leonard missed that.
2: As the four of you are, like, standing sort of just in the center of the room talking, uh, why don't you all give me a spot-hidden roll? You're sort of just mm. casually looking around, chatting, you know, scanning the room.
3: That's a narrow pass. I failed.
2: Failed miserably.
0: I I think I failed barely. But if someone else passed, I'll just let it stay as a failure.
3: Walt with made it. With a...
2: Walt passed. Um, yeah, and as you're sort of discussing this and sort of the seriousness and... Perhaps the unsettling nature of this is washing over you while you just look down towards your feet and scuff a little bit to notice that it seems like the ground is dusty but sort of just in a line. And you sort of back everyone away for a moment and take a look down to see this long line drawn against the white floor. It's almost imperceptible.
3: Okay, what the hell is this then?
4: Um,
0: yeah. I want to get down on one knee and take a real close look at this kind of powder or dust.
4: Well, he's examining the dust, can I Can I follow the line? I mean, does it just kind of extend from like one wall to the other?
2: Yeah, Cecilia, you see Teddy get down and you start walking. You know, it's very difficult to see you're walking this line and then it sort of stops. And then it, it juts off and you continue walking. Teddy, what did you get?
0: I failed just barely. I feel like I could spend luck, but it's much more fun to push the roll. So I think I'd like to push it. I'm going to push the roll by I want to get a little of the dust on my finger and then smell it. And if that doesn't yeah. give me anything, I am going to just put a little bit on my tongue. Put
4: it yeah, in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, do it. In your motherfucking um, mouth. Teddy's
2: you high on cocaine for the rest of this adventure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and i failed <laughs> i failed the push Yay. yeah
2: you you start licking this like weird substance as cecilia sort of finishes tracing this line and and as teddy you sort of cough this taste which unfortunately or fortunately you recognize uh-oh this is chalk and as cecilia sort of walks the whole frame she reveals to everyone this large star-like symbol drawn in chalk Surrounding the center plinth that Leanne lay upon. And each of the corners dotted by a pool of wax.
4: Teddy, I think this should be a lesson as to what should and should not go into your mouth. Am I crazy in thinking that maybe there was some sort of ritual performed
0: here?
1: No, I mean, no, it's, it's got to be a coincidence. I mean, you, you don't see stuff like that outside of the pages of weird tales.
0: No, that's not true. <clears throat> can I? He's pointing at the bottle in your pocket, Albert. Can I just
1: uh, wash down the chalk? Yeah, yeah. Let, uh. let me see if I can find you some water.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: don't waste a good shit on bad people, honey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs>
0: No, but Miss Pennington, one of my customers comes in and uh, always, you know, she's got these books on rare plants and, and all this stuff. And uh, um, I, I think this is something like a ritual or the occult, which I have a lot of points in um, because of that I- interaction nice. that I have with Miss Pennington yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, Teddy's got to have night hobbies. I'm sure he's trying to resurrect plants.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. Got to be a spell in this ancient tome about plants. I don't need
2: people. I don't need animals. He knows occult
0: in a very specific way. Yeah, um, but yeah, he does have a couple customers who buy the rare plants to use in in occult practices. So got a little bit of that. Yeah, sure. Give me your which goal. I've uh, I, I failed it anyway. Okay. Um, yeah,
2: you don't know shit about shit.
4: Yeah, <laughs> um. who's surprised?
2: <laughs> but you feel like you do. <laughs> As the four of you are standing around, this revelation washing over you, an odd, eerie silence just sort of marks a moment. You each look each other in the eyes, and then a heavy thud sounds out. Your heart leaps into your throat. The four of you stand silent, and then the voice Five minutes. <laughs> echoes out from the far side of the wall. I thought it was
0: 20. Yeah, it's look. been
1: about 20. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 pal, yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean five minutes is just a turn of
0: phrase, right? oh now. Yeah, yeah let, we gotta go to the house anyway, it's okay. Yeah.
2: And the four of you leave the autopsy and the morgue and ascend the stairs back into the cold night of Arkham.
0: Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody for ad free episodes, lots of bonus content and special programming. Please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash Ain't or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you and good luck out there.